Next on BYU Sports Nation, full speed Saturday scrimmage, anyone? BYU football coaches putting every player to the real test. Emphasis on quarterbacks. Our position previews begin with the defensive line. Can they get a better pass rush this season? And is the fact that Kyrus Chung is 20 pounds overweight a big issue? Plus, save the date for one of the top five basketball teams in the country, and we're all access with BYU running back Squally Canada. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, August 9th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who can name every BYU quarterback chronologically dating back to 1922, Jerem Jordan. I wish I could. I don't think anyone can do that, even, even Greg. How far back do you think you can go with that chronologically? Every starting quarterback? Like the game one or just everybody in a season? Uh, whatever's easiest because it's a hard thing anyway. <laughs> I like my chances into the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Like the mid-70s? Yeah. I probably missed a couple, but okay. whatever. Okay. Just don't forget your Bob Jensen's and your Sean Covey's. Yeah, exactly. Your Drew Miller's. Yeah, the in-betweeners. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, your Paul Shoemakers, all of that good stuff. Don't name them all. I'm not going to name them all. I'm just saying, like, there. That's what's hard about it is there are some kind of abstract names out there. Uh, you're also a photo day superstar, so you've got that going for you. Yeah, I wasn't there. Uh, exactly. And we have a gem of a picture that emerged from BYU football photo day yesterday. If you're listening, you have to go to Twitter. We tweeted this out. This might Jared be the Steve. picture of the year. Okay, it's Michael Shelton, who's the smallest guy. I want to say he's like five six, with six foot seven, three hundred fifty plus pound Mo Longy together. I mean, this is incredible, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Mo Longy's holding Michael Shelton like on his right shoulder, and then leaning on his shoulder. It's big brother and little brother. What a what a Mormon missionary looks like before their mission and then after because yes. they just work out for two well, years. Well, it's the same dynamic as Mo Longy holding Brian Logan, too, right? Oh, my gosh. We need to simulate that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Derek Stevenson sent out the tweet just with three uh, crying face because of laughing so hard emojis. Outstanding stuff. Thank you, Michael Shelton and Mo Longy, for delivering us one of parents. the Picture of the Year nominees. Yeah. Hey, BYU 50 today in Omaha. Nebraska, all you winter quarters missionaries, you better get out there. They're still reveling in what happened in 2015 and hoping that that Tanner Mangum will reemerge in 2018. That would be great. Aren't they? Yeah, let's go. Be ready, Nebraska, and be ready, BYU Sports Nation. It's time to rise and shout. Let's go to What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Well, well, well. Kalani Satake has confirmed what we talked about just a few days ago. If you want to really know who should play quarterback, put them in full pads, take the scrimmage live, and let the QBs face a first-team full-speed pass rush. Here's Kalani Satake on that very thing and the approaching Saturday scrimmage. If we weren't having such a, a massive competition right now, then I probably wouldn't. Or if we feel like the competition is kind of getting there, but I just don't know how you can say that when you haven't put some guys to the test in this offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that Tanner would throw the ball differently if he knew Corbin was going to hit him. Let Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson and Joe Critchlow face full-speed Corbin Kafusi and Devin Kafusi and Kyrus Tonga and that first-team pass-rush defense. Jeremy, is this a good idea? It's a great idea. It's a great idea. You know why BYU couldn't name a starter like Ed Lamb was proposing in the first three days? Because you don't even have full pads on in a full rush. Kalani Satake is right. Tanner Mangum is going to throw the ball differently and act differently when there's a pass rush. Also, also, by the way, unless you tackle, you can't force a fumble very easily. So all of a sudden that comes into the mix. I anticipate the defense will emerge a little bit here in fall camp where the offense has been winning the day. Uh, and I think this is a good thing. You can't figure out who the starting QB is if you can't see him against a pass rush. Come on. Like, Jake Heaps was a first-team All-American practice player. I know all about Still it. Still is. Like, he's coaching quarterbacks. He knows what he's doing from a technical standpoint. But when the rush is coming, it's a different story. We've got to see what Zach Wilson can do in that. We've got to see what Tanner Mangum looks like in that situation. Also, the pass rush needs to practice that, too. We're going to break down the defensive line coming up. We think this group will be better this year, and we'll tell you why. You already know how I feel about this. Because I said it on Monday and Tuesday. If you want to really determine and have some separation in that quarterback heated competition, you got to put these guys in real game scenarios or the closest thing to it. And right now, the closest thing thing to it is a full speed scrimmage in full pads and making the quarterbacks live. That the word of Kalani Satake. Let them really have to compete against full speed. And then you can evaluate the practice film after and figure out, okay. We're starting to see some separation here. That's what they're hoping for. I know that. They're, they're hoping for some separation so that the decision can become that much easier on who to start against Arizona. Yeah, I think the decision will come to the coaches. It won't be like, well, I'm not sure. I think it'll be obvious who the best player is. Now, if BYU has two good players at quarterback, okay, there you go. And then you go with Tanner Mangum, and Zach Wilson's going to play this year. Like, I anticipate that will happen at this point. You think it will be obvious after this? I, This being fall camp. Like, yeah. I think the coaches are hoping it's obvious. I think, the be- I think it's going to be easy to identify who the best quarterback is. By the end of fall camp. You've had like 20 practices. That's the hope. All this film, all these situations. It's like, it's yet, like when yet people sometimes say. Sometimes it's not, though. Matt Berry, John Beck, yeah. like there have been situations in the recent past that it hasn't been obvious. If Tanner Mangum, senior, former Elite 11, eight wins as a freshman, national freshman of the year, if he can't obviously be the best guy, that says a lot about how good Zach Wilson is, perhaps, but it also says a lot about that, that competition. If I'm the senior, I'm going, I'm going to outplay you, freshman. I'm going to be the best player. I'm going to wean you into this, you know, later. And you'll be the guy later. But right now, hey, step aside. I'm the senior. Let's go. For the sanity of the coaches, I hope the decision is easier after we see scenarios like this. Now, I also hope that everyone is ready for September 1st. Countdown to the Wildcats. 23 days. So I just thought about LeBron James wearing number 23 in a Lakers uniform because of 23. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. That was a good image. Uh, a better image, BYU football running onto the college football field yeah. in Tucson on September 1st, 23 days from now, three weeks from Saturday. Yesterday, sophomore defensive lineman Kyrus Tonga told Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune and the media, he came into fall camp about 20 pounds over the target weight the coaches gave him. 
He dropped a few pounds the past week, but is, quote, good to go in overall health. Spencer, should we be concerned that Kairos Tonga came into camp 20 pounds overweight? No, I don't think so. One, he is a really young kid, and he's a growing boy, and I'm sure he eats a lot. I don't think that this is a major issue. I'm sure that the coaches are like, hey, 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 let's bring the weight down. The fact that he's willing to admit that the coaches told him to have a target weight and that he was 20 pounds overweight and that he's dealing with it and addressing it tells me that he does have a level of maturity and that he's not backing away from that. Now, if he were, like, playing it off like, ah, you know, whatever, not that big of a deal, then I'd be concerned. But he's addressing it, he's admitting to it, and he says he's working on it and he's good to go health-wise. So I'm not that concerned. Yes, everything that's not perfect and as you would have it be as a coach can be valued as a concern. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a concern. It shows a lack of commitment. They asked him to do something. He didn't do it. Well, Um, we don't know everything that went into that, though. He told us they asked him to be a certain weight, and he didn't commit. I know they did. It wasn't like he was five pounds overweight. He was 20 pounds overweight. Um, Either either that wasn't a realistic uh, option or goal, or the weight wasn't realistic. Like, maybe he's just naturally going to be a little bigger and exactly. he can still be quick. We don't know. I don't know, but I don't like the idea of the coaches saying, okay, this is where we need you, and then him coming in way over that. Like, I don't like that idea, okay? He's listed at 340. Like, what is he weighing right now? Like, 360? If he can be an effective player, I don't really care. Exactly. I don't really care. But on the surface, it's not good when the coaches say, hey, we need to do this, and then you don't do it. Yeah, I'm just not that concerned about it. And maybe he's 355. And maybe by the time the football season starts, he'll be 350. Yeah, he ain't losing 20 pounds in one month. No, he can lose 10 pounds. Like, yeah, but he ain't losing 20. He can lose 10 pounds in one month. And again, bottom line, can you play? Can you play? Right. Was it an ambitious goal? Like, was it beyond reality, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know. On to basketball, my friend. The West Coast Conference released every date for every men's basketball game yesterday. Naturally, as BYU fans and media members, we circle the dates with St. Zaga. And as usual, St. Mary's, the first game is early in the WCC season. The Cougars will play the Gales in Provo in late January, and then the two games with Gonzaga, including Jerem, which I love so much. BYU visiting Gonzaga on the Zags senior night once again. Mm -hmm. Uh, An opportunity to spoil everything. Those things aside, and with those dates circled, what do you think about the overall BYU men's basketball West Coast Conference schedule? I like that it starts after New Year's. Remember, this is a 16-game West Coast Conference schedule, not an 18-game schedule. This is Gonzaga. I mean, the league's new (laughs) RPI initiative. Let's give you the dates of those games, by the way. January 5th, Mm -hmm. BYU's at St. Mary's. Uh, January 24th, Cougars host St. Mary's. So you get those two before you even play Gonzaga. Which is weird, but that's been the trend. And then uh, BYU, uh, a week later, will, on January 31st, will host Gonzaga. And then, as you mentioned, Saturday, February 23rd at Gonzaga. Those are the big four, right? The now rest I, of the games are whatever. Yes. There are a couple things that I like as you read those dates. One, BYU has a bye before they host Gonzaga, after they host St. Mary's. They've got a full week to prepare for Gonzaga on January 31st. Mm-hmm. And, again, I like the fact that BYU is going to the kennel. On the Zags senior night. Not BYU's last conference game, nor is it Gonzaga's right. last conference game, but it is Gonzaga's last home game in the regular season. Yeah. 
Uh, I, so I like that it starts after New Year's. I've hated when BYU's hosted St. Mary's yeah. during the Christmas break when the largest student population in the WCC is gone. Like, And it's not close, right? Hopefully BYU starts strong and gets out in front of the league a little bit. I, I don't think BYU's competing for the conference title with Gonzaga in the league, a top-five team. Yeah, can they get out to a quick start with a road game at St. Mary's, though? Well, if that's the only one you drop and you win the other ones, you're in, you're in business, right? Um, both games with potential top-five Gonzaga are within, like, six or seven games of each other. There's a three-week stretch where BYU plays St. Mary's twice. So hopefully BYU can come out strong. Nick Emery is out for nine games. He joins at the end of non-conference for six games. And then we're into it. Game two of conference play is St. Mary's. I think BYU's got an opportunity here to start strong. And then later, when you hopefully are peaking in like February, you play the Zags January 31st and February 23rd. I'm very much liking the idea of starting conference play after the new year. This is something we haven't encountered in West yeah. Coast Conference if play. If BYU had played... Um, or the league had played a 18-game schedule and chose no buys. That wouldn't be the case. Yeah. And, by the way, BYU has not had buys in league play. There's two. Everyone has two. So there's going to be like a Thursday or a Saturday where BYU doesn't play a game. They get a little rest. Hey, mark the dates. St. Zaga. St. Zaga, which is St. Mary's and Gonzaga. <laughs> Yesterday, the NCAA announced several sweeping reforms in the way the game is managed. The one that affects BYU the most and has... Uh, the last two years. Players who aren't drafted into the NBA can now return to school, and the school has to pay for that, and if the school can't pay for it, the NCAA somehow steps in. Spencer, how do you think this affects BYU hoops? Well, Yoli Childs comes to mind, right? Because what if Yoli, after this season, decides, which he will, to go pro? (laughs) I think he's out after this season. (laughs) Me too. And, you know, heaven forbid, he doesn't get drafted into the NBA, he still has the opportunity to come back and play his senior season at BYU. I, I love that idea. This is, it seems like a no-duh thing for me. I'm not sure why the NCAA didn't put this into play a long time ago. I think it would change the game. Because good players that think they're really good are like, eh, I'm going to leave early, and then it doesn't work out, but they've already got an agent, so they've got to go play in Europe, and then yeah, they now, can't go back to their college. Now it's like the baseball draft. Maybe the NFL draft needs to do this too. Why not? The, the, the Why NBA, not? The NBA used to do this. Remember Larry Larry Bird was drafted and then he played another season at Indiana, at Indiana State? State. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like this a lot. I, I think this is good. The only issue is you're going to have like everyone's available or declaring. Here's the thing. Do people it, yeah, even it, need to declare? It clouds it up. Should they declare at all or should it be like everyone's draftable? Yeah. Like why do you have to declare? Like I like, declare I am going to the NBA draft. Michael, I'm not sure that's how it works. <laughs> I was just going to quote that. I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone should just be draft eligible. Like in baseball, literally every high school senior yeah. and every JC player and every third-year NCAA Division I player They're all eligible. is draft eligible for the one gajillion picks. Without having to declare division. that they I are. I do declare yeah. for the NBA draft. <laughs> Why do they have to do that? It's this is so obvious to me. Yeah. It's hot outside. Maybe we should get a cold drink. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Welcome NCAA. Enjoy a nice, cool, refreshing glass of lemonade. It's hot outside. Thank you for making the easy decision. The NCAA makes a good decision. This just in. <laughs> 
Huge show lined up for you on the way. We have interviews with Squally Canada and Joe Critchlow. And how will that BYU defensive pass rush be? They're going to have a shot at the quarterbacks in a full-speed Saturday scrimmage. How will they do when it comes to the real games against Arizona? We'll discuss that as well. And answer our question of the day. What kind of improvement do you expect, do you expect, from the defensive line this year? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in on Twitter from at the casual hippie. Get some pressure on the quarterback or at least into the backfield more often. Disruptive even if they don't get home. Okay, that's the expectation level we're talking about. How did you, I mean, numerically, when you look at statistics last year, how do you feel BYU's pass rush performed? Well, they they were disruptive. I just want more of it. Okay. I didn't feel like the defensive line played a huge factor defensively. I didn't, BYU's always been pretty good at stuffing the run. I thought the Cougars were fine. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Fine, but disruptive is the word, right? Yeah, disruptive meaning you're forcing a quicker throw that perhaps shows up as an incompletion. Or gets tipped and is intercepted. It might not even be a quarterback hurry. It's not all about sacks and turnovers per se. Hurrying. Yes, but rushing a throw or making or making a hesitation or throwing it away or whatever, like just a little more disruption. Okay? Yes, I, I want. I love. I that want word. chaos. I love that word. Yes, disruption in the form of turnovers and hurrying and. I make, want it all. Making the quarterback yeah. uncomfortable. Trust yes, me, I want a pick, fumble, or sack on every play. But Don't you can be wrong. disruptive without forcing a turnover. Is what we're talking right. about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More disruption. I'm disruptive at work all the time without an interception or a fumble. Well, right? sometimes yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah, other disrupt times the workflow. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Coming up, our position preview of the defensive line. What newcomer is poised for a breakout season? We'll tell you. And what's the mindset of Joe Critchlow after Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson have apparently emerged as the one-two in this quarterback competition? Where does he go now? This is BYU Sports Nation. It be Joe. Man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Next Tuesday night, August 14th at 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time, join us at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the North End for a mini-concert by the band The National Parks as we shoot a music video for the new Countdown to Kickoff Open. Join fellow fans, Cosmo, the band, and some BYU TV sports personalities. Spencer might even be there with autographed headshots. Get on TV! That's next Tuesday, August 14th at 8.15 Mountain Time in the yeah. evening. Are you providing those uh, those headshots that I can autograph? No, you have a bunch in your office. You can <laughs> send them out. Like a former player stop, that we know stop did it. one time. Stop it. We mock Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. You know how to do it whenever, wherever you would like to converse with us. And specific to today, answer this question. What kind of improvement do you expect from the BYU defensive line this year? At Twiggy or Stone, in on the Twitter machine. Quarterback pressure and sacks. These were lacking last year, and they help all of the other positions on the field. Now, this goes back to a question I asked you earlier, and that is, statistically, do you feel like the defensive line produced enough and i think we're in agreement that it was okay it, it was fine you went four and nine so no but yeah the overall record it, but how much of that is on the defensive line not getting enough pass rush i think the 
the key to a good defense is a good pass rush. I think I think you could have an amazing secondary, but if they have to defend for five or six seconds consistently, oh no question, they're, they're going to be in trouble. No question, you could have great corners, great safeties, but it's just interesting that statistics you know. don't always tell the story because statistically, well, yeah, then nerds like, would rule the world like me, and that wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> we need people that have actual, rational, logical, amazing ways of doing things. You don't want me running things and my my peeps. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show on what kind of improvement you expect from the defensive line. At BYU Football Photo Day, Jason Shepard taking the reins for our all-access coverage on BYU Sports Nation. He went one-on-one with one of the quarterback hopefuls who has now apparently fallen a bit down the depth chart. Joe Critchlow with Jason Shepard one-on-one at the indoor practice facility. All right, Joe, there are a lot of days that you have to go through when you play football. It's the first day of camp and all of these things. One of the days is photo day, which is actually happening right now as we speak. What is photo day like for a player? Photo day is uh, very interesting. We, uh, Over the course of the first few days of practice, we've been beaten up pretty well. And so we have a lot of fresh bruises on our arms, and we're pretty tired. But photo day is a lot of fun. We get a chance to... Uh, show a little bit of our personality, interact with our teammates, and, and take some nice pictures that will last for a long time. That's right. Do you, would you consider yourself photogenic? Do you think you take good pictures? I would say uh, selectively photogenic. <laughs> sometimes sometimes yes, but sometimes it takes me quite a while. Hopefully today was, was a good day. All right, so let's talk a little bit about football because that's obviously why we're here. Um, just, I guess, maybe the generic question of, of how is camp going for you? Into week two, you've had several practices under your belt. How are things going overall for you personally? For me personally, I feel like I've definitely improved since the first day of camp, at least. Um, I feel like the entire team collectively put a lot of work in over the summer to to start well with uh, fall camp. And I feel like I made a few mistakes towards the beginning, but I'm starting to get my feet under me and really hit my stride now. You know, it's, it's interesting because... When you look at the quarter, this has been a a question for the last couple of months on who the quarterback's going to be. Are you guys able to block that out? Because you're getting asked this question all the time. The mental aspect of that, how, how do you guys handle that? How do you handle that? I, I mean, to be honest, it is it is difficult. We get a lot of attention from a lot of different sources about about who's going to be starting, the preparation that we're putting into to be that guy, but... It's, it's something that comes with the job. We have to be able to, to block that out and to focus on, on progressing as a, as a player every single day. And that's something that I feel like all of us are doing a pretty good job of. Coach Roderick had talked about the fact that you know, they may not necessarily name one publicly before the game. D- does it matter to you guys when it's named? I guess it's probably all about just getting the right guy whenever it happens, right? Yes, and... And I feel like even when that first game comes and someone is named a starter, I feel like that won't be the end, especially for the two, three, four guys behind that guy that, that won't be starting in Arizona. I feel like this quarterback competition is going to go on for, for several years. Obviously, Tanner is a great senior leader, great quarterback, but all of us are, are looking to improve individually and to help the team as much as we can. I understand that it's a completely different offense from last year, but, but what did those three starts do for you heading into this year? I feel like getting a little bit of playing time last year, and especially the starts and the wins under my belt, it helped me to to understand better the speed of college football. Um, a lot of guys come out of high school, and it's a completely different experience, and it was for me as well. But 
I feel like now that I've, I've played in a few games, I understand more how college football works. You know, and it's interesting, certainly last year one of the storylines was just injuries and health, and a lot of guys weren't able to play because they were injured. When you look at all of the guys who are back from injury and the talent level that's on the field as a quarterback, I've got to imagine you've got to be super excited about the possibilities. Oh, of course. There's a lot of energy about this offense, and there's a great feeling, too, that we're reloaded. We have so many people back from last season and so many people with experience on this offensive side of the football. And I feel like with the new coaching staff, the energy around that, the new offense, I feel like there'll be a lot of great things to come in the fall. Where do you think over the next couple of weeks before game week, you you specifically and then this offense need to make the biggest leaps? I would say the number one goal right now for our offense is, is efficiency, is productivity, is being consistent with our motions, with, with everything about our offense. We really want to be able to, to produce at a, at a consistent rate on offense. And that consistency right now is what we're really trying to get down in fall camp. You know, everyone's talked about accountability and accountability coming from the coaches, but I get the sense there's just as much, if not more, accountability from the players amongst yourselves. Is that accurate? I, I would definitely say so. We, we push ourselves to, to improve and get better every single day. And even self-motivation is, is a huge factor, too. We have a lot of competitive football players on this team and a lot of people that, that really want to grow and develop individually as well. And so that combined with the, the team motivation and the motivation that we're receiving from our coaches, I feel like we're a very highly motivated team. Joe, great stuff. Appreciate the time, and uh, good luck with the rest of uh, Photo Day. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Joe Critchlow, one-on-one with Jason Shepard, BYU Sports Nation All-Access in a heated quarterback competition. So heated. And we should note, if you haven't noticed it, Joe is wearing number 10 this year. He wore number 11 last year. Zach Wilson has taken over number 11. Hmm. Apparently, Zach wants to wear number one at one point, but he's down the pecking order, so he's going to have to wait. Davis says number one. Yeah, exactly. He's going to have to wait a little while. Can you imagine Zach's like, no, 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 I'm wearing one. So it's like Akilah can't be in when Zach's in and vice versa. (laughs) Uh. I like the... The clarity that Joe brings into the equation of how quarterbacks have to mentally process. Well, he's AP Joe. I mean, he's a leader. Oh, I, I he's know. He's a leader. He doesn't have to track. But it, he hangs out in the office. It is difficult because they're your friends, but you want to be the guy. You want to be the guy. Absolutely. He didn't show up to BYU to just hang no. out. It came to So having to compart- out. compartmentalize that, you know, when it's like, okay, I want to be the guy. Do you do you get excited when you see one of your competitors make a mistake or not publicly? I know it's right? it's a weird it's a Privately, weird dynamic. Like, yes, it's your friend, but you want to be the guy and you want to get there with whatever means will get you there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like his clarity. I think he's a mature kid. Uh, I picked him as my fall camp MVP, and yet apparently he's not in the conversation as one or two behind Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson, and that's. In contrast to what we heard from Ed Lamb, this is it's fascinating to me how this has developed in a week. I would say that the fall camp MVP, as we speak, is Zach Wilson. Absolutely, you agree. You agree with yes. That? Now, what's funny about yeah. that is if he's the backup quarterback, then it's it would continue backup. that trend. Like, I thought Joe Critchlow was probably going to be the backup quarterback, which is why I was like, "Yeah, fall camp MVP odds are good there. He's the backup quarterback." Let's be honest; most of that is determined by narrative, not action. Like, what the narrative is, is the action. Like, who would you say is the MVP of the receivers right now? Of the receivers? Yeah. Probably Dylan Colley, right? Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Colley. Because that's the narrative. Oh, he came back. It's, it's like not even based on action, 
It's based on the discussion <laughs> after practice. Here's what we've seen in combined two hours of practice when BYU's right. practiced like 40 hours. Right. Now, our evaluations <laughs> are going to include more information than that. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 And I'm excited to preview the uh, defensive line coming up. Zach this is, Wilson. This, this is a group, I think. Right now, front runner for the fall camp MVP. Oh, yeah. As the backup quarterback. Buzz Lightyear, with, as you said. Exactly. Yesterday. Buzz Lightyear is here to save the day with his shiny and new toy. Tanner Mangum is uh, Woody, and then I said Joe Critchlow's Jesse. <laughs> coming up. <laughs> He's a senior, and he's ready to tote the rock. Running back Squally Canada joins us. We've asked you about your defensive line expectations. Who's going to create disruption and chaos for BYU's opposing quarterbacks? Meet that defensive lineman. Sort of. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is on demand, people. You can watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on BYU Radio's app or where podcasts are found. Let's keep it rolling. BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. National simulcast on BYU TV and, as always, on demand anytime, anywhere. If you were wondering, yes, it's now time for your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fall camp. For BYU football into practice number seven today, Kalani Satake said he intends to make the quarterbacks live and go full speed against a pass rush in the approaching Saturday scrimmage. So keep that in mind. Also of note, four-star recruit and highly touted freshman receiver Gunnar Romney was mildly injured during player-run practices before fall camp began. Yesterday, receivers coach Fessy Satake said Gunnar Romney should be full go for the Arizona game. That's good news. Yeah, it is good news, and it's, I'm happy for Gunner because he's going back to his home state. Yes, he is. Tight ends coach Steve Clark, some unfortunate news here, said tight end Nate Heaps injured his patellar tendon and is probably out for the season. We wish Nate a speedy recovery. Several former Cougars begin playing the NFL preseason schedule tonight. Fred Warner and the Niners host the Cowboys. Jonah Trineman and the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets host the Falcons. Taysom Hill with the Saints are in Jacksonville, and Jamal Williams of the Packers host the Titans. The West Coast Conference has revealed the BYU Men's Basketball Conference schedule for next season. The Cougars open the WCC season at Pacific on January 3rd, followed by a game at St. Mary's on January 5th. BYU will host the Gales on January 24th. BYU will host Gonzaga a week later on January 31st and then travel to face the Bulldogs on Gonzaga's senior night on February 23rd. And the women's volleyball team is ranked number eight in the ABCA preseason poll. Mark your calendars for August 31st. The Cougars host number one Stanford in Provo. Woo! We spent some time today talking about your expectations for the BYU defensive line this year. Well, who are the guys that will hopefully be disrupting and creating chaos for opposing quarterbacks, starting with Heisman Trophy candidate Khalil Tate, who says he believes that he might be the most explosive quarterback in college football. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated in their college football preview. It starts with him. Who are the guys going after Khalil Tate and the rest? Jerem, it's our time now for our position group preview of the defensive line. Let's start from the top and go down. And we're going to preview each position group on the entire BYU football team between now and August 24th, so we'll get you ready. Okay, coached by Elisa Tuiaki. Great success at Utah with the defensive lines. First year at this position at BYU because the previous two years, in addition to being the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki coached the linebackers. Yeah, I'm happy to have him back on 
the defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Best player to me, Corbin Kafusi. 6'9", 275, eight and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 98 tackles in two seasons. He's a good player, NFL prospect. I know that Kyrus Tonga is 20 pounds or maybe a little bit less than that overweight or over the target that the coaches gave him. I feel like he's the best player on the defensive line. I wonder and I worry a little bit about Corbin Kafusi's ability to defend the edge. I'd like to see him get a little bit better about containment on the outside. That's tough. I mean, when you have to have leverage as a 6'10 guy, that's not your typical defensive end prototype body. Right. Well, they're choosing to put him out there. So yeah, that's hard. It. Or 6'9, whatever you want to say. He's 6'10 in basketball, but he was 6'9 Because of the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Newcomer okay. to watch to me, Devin Kafusi. Absolutely. His younger brother. I agree with you. Phil Steele said Devin Kafusi is the projected starting right end, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, and Phil consults with some good sources there to try and put that together. There are other people that I'm watching as well for newcomers who will make an impact. Keanu Saliapaga, redshirted last year. He's a beast, 6'6", 260. And he's had an interesting ride here at BYU. Yeah, on the edge. Mm-hmm. Uriah Leatow played a little bit last year. Former Stanford guy, big pickup when BYU signed him. I think he could be an impact guy as an end as well. Does he need more time to get fully back into football shape? No. You think been he's back good? from his mission for like a year and a half. Okay, you think he's good? And healthy and ready to roll. If he's not, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, a year and a half. Let's go, man. Okay, projected too deep, okay? The ends. I have Corbin and Devin. Kafusi. I think those could be the, the guys. Kafusi Smash Brothers yes. on the outside. Okay, the tackles. Kairos Tonga and Merrill Taliali. They could be the guys in the middle. Kairos will be there. Yeah. Merrill, I think, is a sneaky player. Like, he's a guy that... You don't really know exactly. who this guy is. We don't talk about him you. a lot. Yeah, yeah, Merrill yeah. Taliali is a good player, and I think he could be sneaky this year. Okay, backup yeah. ends. Keanu Saliapaga. Lungi Tuifua was a freshman out of Bingham who got some run before getting injured last year. Other backups. Trajan Peely got a lot of time. Uriah Leitawa. So, there's a lot... And there's a lot of guys here. Trust me. And if you're not Polynesian, it's really hard to break into this group. This is the all-name group. For BYU football. Backup tackles, potentially. Tavita Moonga, okay? Yeah, uh, and is he healthy? Is, is he, we haven't really seen him, exactly. but we're told that he's going to be in the mix. Okay. And then Lorenzo Falatea, really talented, talented player, got hurt. Another guy, Wayne T. Kirby. I'm not really sure where he fits into the mix. Transfer from Oregon. Oregon. Redshirted last year, sat out. He's in the mix. There's a lot of talent in this group. We just need to see it start to flourish. Like, I'm waiting for these guys to finally... Uh, do what they can do, and for Kalani Sataki and Elias Tuiaki to do what they did at Utah here. I think they've got the guys. We just need to see it happen. Yeah. I, the depth, I feel like, is there. I want to know what Elias Tuiaki thinks about not just the two-deep, but the three-deep, because they talk so much in, in offline conversations and with us in Studio B about Look, we, we know that we can put good players on the field in the first team, but if we want to maintain against this level of schedule, yeah. we, we need to have essentially a three-deep full of guys that, that can all deliver. I don't that know that happen. that will ever happen. That is. That didn't happen. Alabama, Alabama's three-deep might be fine. Not, I know. I know. I'm just saying the ambition, power. the effort, and it yeah, should be. The it's effort fine is, to be ambitious. Is to, is to get to that point. That's what yeah, they want to do specifically sure. on the defensive line. Those are nice words. They want fresh, action is better. big, able bodies yeah. in their – not just the first-teamers. They want guys right. to be able to go in and contribute. A couple of good stories just to keep an eye on. I don't know that these guys, in fact, I don't think they really project to do much this year, but just good stories. Michael Bruno, six foot five, 240-pound walk-on from Granada. 
Granada. So he's like this Ziggy project. I don't like those comparisons because Ziggy was the fifth pick in the draft. That's but that's, like yeah. the guy that doesn't know football, whatever. <laughs> Another guy, Chinoso Opara. He's a monster. He's Nigerian. He went to school uh, here in Utah. Um, he's on the team now. He athletically, these guys are pretty. Like Opara is pretty athletic. Haven't heard much about these guys, but just really good human interest stories. We'll see if they do something later. Molongi, yeah. of course is in this group technically on the defensive line. We'll see if he factors in at all. He's, he's more of a story about his size than actual play yeah. at this point. And when one of the and coaches who knows says what we'll develop he doesn't know football, that's not a good thing. Yeah, Chinonso Opar, the first time I saw him in person, I knew he was big, but he's... Oh, he's, he's giant. He is bigger than he's I like, anticipated. He's, he's a monster. like 6'8", 260, yes. 270 right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps over the next couple of years, these guys develop and do something. But there's some... Uh, Proven guys in this group. Corbin Kafusi, Kairos Tonga are the proven commodities, okay? There need to be other guys that emerge. Like, can BYU get more sacks from their ends? That's well, the question. Can Wayne Tay Kirby count as a guy that is proven? I mean, his highlight is causing a fumble at Utah when he played at yeah. Oregon that helped secure dramatically the game. They the won end. dramatically, yeah. 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 That's one play. Uh, I would like more than that. Yeah. I think. What, how does he factor in at BYU? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Tay Kirby's a Pocatello kid. Like, BYU gets the Pocatello kids. Taysom Hill, Wayne Kirby, Connor Harding, and so on. I'm optimistic about the defensive line, not just because Elisa Tuiaki is back there coaching where he's enjoyed great success, but Kalani Satake has been more hands-on with the defensive front seven. He knows the, the importance line. of this group and the role yes. they play on a defense. Yes. Like, if BYU can get a consistent, good pass rush, it makes it so the secondary doesn't have to defend yeah. as long. It makes it so there's pressure situations. Because on first and second down, if you can stuff the run and or get a sack or whatever, now third down and long, you can bring the hounds and perhaps get a stop, and then you get the ball back. It's yeah. not a complicated process. If there's a position group or position groups I'd like to have a solid three deep, and again, I know this is ambitious. This is what the coaches are working for. It'd be the defensive line and the offensive line. Yes, <laughs> you win the war in the yes. trenches. Yes, indeed. Coming up, former Cougars in the NFL are in action tonight, including Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill. Squally Canada is in a running back battle of sorts for BYU football. How does he factor in? Is he the guy? We think he's one of the guys. He's one-on-one with BYU Sports Nation All Access next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get the latest and greatest from BYU Fall Camp on Facebook.com slash Sports with on-demand videos and recaps, including yesterday's photo day, and we'll be live tomorrow at 8 Eastern after practice. It's on Facebook.com slash Sports. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. We are asking all of you to answer the following question of the day. What kind of improvement do you expect from the BYU defensive line this year? We just went through a comprehensive breakdown of the defensive line. If you missed it, download the podcast, listen to it. Perhaps that will help you answer this question with a little bit more clarity. At It's a Faux Hammer, I expect more urgency, but the offensive lines BYU will see are formidable. I expect to see more unsettled quarterbacks with less time in the pocket, but biggest improvements will be stopping the run while sack leaders will be linebackers. Hashtag exotic blitz. (laughs) 
know he's not a place that gets very exotic. <laughs> uh, but perhaps in the blitzing, that could be a thing. Oh, uh, that was a Bronco thing for sure. That was a Bronco thing. But uh, but he was also Ben Don't Break, which is yeah. the most non-exotic defense of all time. <laughs> right? It's like, well, let's just make sure they don't go deep. Yeah, based based on the ideology that if we just keep them on the field, they will make a mistake before we do. Right, a penalty, a turnover, or something. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. We already went one-on-one with BYU quarterback Joe Critchlow. I would so say Joe won that one-on-one. Oh, of course. Towers over, Jason. Post him up. <laughs> Left-handed layup. Now, the man that uh, Jason Shepard interviewed that we were about to show you right now is, is not as tall as Joe Critchlow. His name is Squally Canada, but he, too, is in a competition of sorts for that running back spot as the guy. Zach Katoa, Squally Canada, Bo Hodge, Riley Burt. Some of you don't believe me. KJ Hall. Who else is back there? Squally Canada, all access with Jason Shepard. One of the things I found really interesting, the other day after practice, you were asked a question about being called a leader, and you seemed somewhat surprised and pleased that the coaches had referred to you. Why were you surprised with that? Um, You know, it just hit me by surprise, you know. They had uh, the gray shirts early on in the year. I wasn't a gray shirt, so I just kind of fell in the role of, uh, okay, well, if the gray shirts are a leader, then maybe I should probably try to get into a gray shirt. I didn't, like, try to force my way into it. I just... Brought the younger guys on, and for them to say I was a leader is, means a lot um, coming from the coaching staff and um, some of my peers. So, yeah, it, it just caught me off guard a little bit. When you look at, as a senior, one of the older guys on the team certainly had the reps and the experience. What do you, as one of those guys, try to pass down to the other players? Um, confidence. Um, I try to be as confident as I can while I'm out there on the field. And if I could pass down anything to those guys, it would just be confident and be yourself. Coach Satake mentioned you specifically as one of the guys that's really stood out to him uh, in camp so far, really pleased with what you've been able to do. How has this camp gone for you? What are those things that you've come in really looking to accomplish? Um, camp is, is, going, is going good. I'm just taking it one day at a time. Can't look forward, can't look back. But... One thing I wanted to accomplish was my pass protection. Struggled with that in spring. And then another thing I wanted to accomplish was catching out the backfield. So I've been working on those areas, and I guess it's, it's, it's all been paying off and it's been working for me in camp. I caught a little pass yesterday out the backfield, a nice little out route on the sideline for doing two-minute drill. I thought that was a nice little catch. Um, I stepped up huge in pass protection yesterday. So, yeah, just working on pass, pass protection and catching the ball. That's one of the things that stood out, because we're only in the media, only allowed to see the last 30 minutes. But even in that 30 minutes, we've seen a lot more passes to the running backs in the backfield. I, I've got to imagine not just being able to run the ball, but being part of the passing game, that's, that's got to open up a lot of avenues for you guys. Yeah, it does. It's, um, it's going to expand the offense when you're able to have running backs that can run, catch, and block. And not only does that, but it just shows people at the next level with scouts that come through that BYU has running backs that can do all three. And I appreciate Grimes for giving us the opportunity to show that we could do all three of those things. So, yeah. The accountability is something that's been brought up um, from the coaches and, and even the players holding the other players accountable. How do you think the team has done with that overall? Um, yeah, everybody's just pushing each other. When somebody's slipping up or making a mistake, we try to make sure the players are the first one to say something before the coaches. Try to say it in the right way without getting in each other's face and whatnot, but 
letting each other know that we're in this together and it's not somebody picking on you. It's more of we're trying to help each other so we can accomplish the things we want to accomplish. For you and the running backs to be successful, not only do you rely on your skill set, but you guys will need to rely on the guys up front. And this offensive line is expected to be really, really good. What are you seeing? Um, I don't want to hype up anybody too much. <laughs> so uh, I guess you guys are just going to have to wait till September 1st. But I think it's going to be an exciting year for the running back group and the O-line group. And hopefully we could live up to all expectations that the coach has set forth for us. Where do you feel you specifically need to um, grow and improve before the first game at Arizona? Uh, just pass protection and staying mentally locked in. Um, sometimes it'll be it'll happen once or twice a day, but it'll just be a small thing where I run a swing route instead of checking over the ball, but just trying to lock in and make sure every play I'm doing everything I need to do, 100% full go. So just making sure I'm mentally locked in and my pass protection is where it needs to be. So that's those two things, if I get those right before September 1st, we're going to have a chance to win. You said the other day that you were asked about if you still communicate with Jamal Williams, and you said, yeah, you talk every couple of weeks. What I found interesting is, though, you guys don't talk football. Yeah. You, you talk other things. Why is it important for you to keep that relationship like that? Um, you know, within both of our lives, we're in football 24-7, and you don't want to get bogged down from talking about football too much. I know people in Texas probably think I'm crazy. I'm sure they talk about football all day. But me and Jamal, we're both from California. He's from SoCal, from North Cal. So when we're not talking about football, we like to keep it relaxed and keep it easy and talk each other up about life. There's some stuff going on in his life where I can help him out, and there's stuff going on in my life where he could guide me and whatnot. So we try to be leaders to each other outside of football and you know, help, help each other up and coach each other up in life rather than sports. All right, last thing, Squall, and I appreciate your time. How good do you believe this offense can be? What is possible with this offensive scheme? Sky's the limit. <laughs> there we that's all that's all BYU fans wanted to hear. Squally, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Squally Canada, one on one with Jason Shepard, part of BYU Sports Nation All Access. Now the running back group is very interesting because of Bo Hodge and Tanner Jacobson and Matt Hadley coming over from different positions. Let's talk about that for a sec. So the reason I think Tanner Jacobson and Matt Hadley become running running backs, by the way, they're also still listed at linebacker and safety, uh, <laughs> is because Ula Tolutau isn't on the he's, team. He's off the team. Uh, and then you have some injuries that are still in recovery in K.J. Hall and Kavik Fonua. So they physically had to get a couple more guys in the room and in the – Depth chart, right? But I think we talked about it yesterday a little bit. You've got Zach Katoa and Squally Cannon and Bo Hodge. To me, those are your clear number three or top three top running three. backs okay. at this point. All right. And I know some people didn't believe me yesterday when I said, hey, Bo Hodge might be the best running back. I'm telling you, when the ball's in his hands, he can make some plays. We know that Squally Cannon is solid. He's been really good against group of fives, not as good against the power fives. Let's see what Zach Katoa can do. Uh, it's fumbled a little bit in fall camp, apparently. That cost Ula Tolutau kind of a starting position, then later some off-the-field stuff cost him as well, of course. But, yeah, got to tote the rock, tote it well. BYU needs to find a guy, according to Kalani Sitake, and then the backup. Yeah. So those three, to me, are in the mix for those two if, spots. If you want to make the Toy Story comparison once again, Jerem, with the running uh, backs group. You do, but go ahead. Okay. No, I'm so- okay, yes. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Squally Canada is Woody. Zach Katoa is Buzz Lightyear. And if you remember at the end of the movie... For Christmas, they get a puppy. Bo Hodge, Bo Hodge is, is the, 
is the puppy dog, okay, that comes in. And now Buzz and Woody are a little bit worried. Okay? They're jealous of the new. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the newness Yes, of yeah. exactly. Coming up, when does the men's basketball team play Gonzaga this season? The WCC schedule is out. Uh, you better believe we have circled those dates. And Cougars named to Polynesian Award watch lists. All part of the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sure, you should be all over that now. Right. Shout out to today's guests, Squally Canada and Joe Critchlow. If you missed our defensive line position preview, catch it all. Download the podcast. Sorry, Dennis Pitta. Again, out of time. You missed any part of this show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Practice sevens today. Highly touted freshman receiver Gunnar Romney was mildly injured during player run practices before fall camp. But yesterday, receivers coach Fessy Satake said he will be full go for the Arizona game. Tight ends coach Steve Clark said tight end Nate Heaps injured his patella tendon and is probably out for the season. The 2018 Polynesian Football Award watch list has been released. BYU has four players on that rundown right now. Corbin Kafusi, Moroni Laulupututau, Butch Pau, and Shone Takitaki. No covers, Tony. Cougars in the NFL. Several former Cougars began playing the NFL preseason tonight. Fred Warren in the Niners hosts the Cowboys. Jonas Trinum in the Jets hosts the Falcons. Taysom Hill with the Saints are in Jacksonville. And Jamal Williams and the Packers host the Titans. Basketball. The West Coast Conference revealed the BYU Men's Basketball Conference schedule for next season. Cougars open WCC play at Pacific on January 3rd. They will play at St. Mary's two days later on January 5th. BYU hosts the Gales on January 24th. They host Gonzaga a week after that on January 31st and then travel to face the Bulldogs on February 23rd. The NCAA announces several sweeping reforms in the way the game is managed. The one that affects BYU the most, it appears, is that those who those players that aren't drafted in the NBA can now return to school. Love it. Volleyball. The AVCA preseason women's volleyball poll has BYU in the top 10 at number 8. Cougars will host number 1 ranked Stanford on August 31st on BYU TV. And Brendan Sander in USA Volleyball lost in four sets earlier today. Sander had 14 points, 10 kills. Baseball. Michael Bradshaw, the pitching coach, is now new at BYU. He was with the University of Arizona before. Good hire for Mike Littlewood in his club. Today's rise and shout goes to... Olangi and Michael Shelton. How oh, about? yeah, that was a great photo. Picture of the year nominee. Question of the day and our elite voice of the day. At CL underscore living on Twitter. What does he expect from the defensive line? Mo tackles, mo sacks, mo pass deflections, mo fumble recoveries, mo QB hurries, mo stops, mo pushing the way around. In other words, mo mo. Mo mo. <laughs> For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Vice Sikahama. 23 days away. Let's go.